Sorry, I had to get my, my book. It's okay. Oh, look, I have the same one. Oh my God. I love Here. these editions. Apparently this author wrote a bunch of books that all have this same like look to them. Uh-huh. It just, I really hope they're not all like this because this one fucking sucked. Oh, I'm not reading any more of her books. But I do really like this um this artwork. I almost called it album art because I'm fucking gross. But um, I really like album art. Yeah, I'm so annoyed with myself. Um, I really like the cover, like how it looks like it's like reflecting, like the words look nice. like they're reflecting off the window. Yeah, like they're they're like they're there. Yeah. I didn't Those even notice that. Dumb thing like for that. me to say, but no it wasn't what the fuck I didn't even notice that that's that's cool I didn't even notice it was like that I didn't notice like it until I until I saw the a novel part and I was like wait a second and then I saw all of them reflecting and I was like holy shit it just reminds me of like a barbershop window or something you know like oh yeah where they have all the letters painted on the outside and you can like see the shadows yeah howdy all we're the librarians, two friends who smoke and joke about books we're long distance at the moment. I'm Indy. I'm the one in Alaska. And I'm Annie, and I'm currently residing in Oregon. This podcast is kind of our way of killing two birds with one stone because we both like reading and we both like to talk to each other for long periods of time, usually multiple hours, at least once a week. Um, so join us on our journey through the library while we check out some new books every week and uh, talk way too much about them. This week we read the long drop by denise minna is that how we're saying her name minna or mina oh i i did not even look up how her name is pronounced well mina. i did look up a lot of things so <laughs> <laughs> anyway it is a crime novel um and i'm gonna go ahead she's and like irish it. okay so to start off i looked her up on the google machine to write an author's bio and like the first picture that came up with was with her in a skirt on a bike. I was decided that I loved her. Um, so she's a Scottish crime writer and playwright. Uh, she left school early and worked dead end jobs before studying at night school to get into. Oh, fuck. Okay, There's so I just that you're... I just listened to a podcast and they said say it like you're saying glass cow, but say it like fast, and that's Glasgow. how you say. Yes, that's how you say it. Glasgow. Yes. Fuck. Okay. Studying at night school to get into Glasgow University Law School. Um, I also found a bunch of her true crime podcast recommendations. So I'm going to list those right here. <laughs> nice. Um, if you're interested in the Black Dahlia murder, Root of Evil, um, there's one called Dirty John and Teacher's Pet. I think those are both about Australian crimes. Um, Black Hands, that one is about New Zealand crimes. Um, Crime Junkie, she also recommends Dateline. And then this is the one that I really wanted to check out. Uh, all caps, who the hell is Hamish? <laughs> I don't know. Me neither. Um, apparently this one's also Australian about uh, different psychopaths. Um, overall, she seems like a really fun lady. Sweet. Um, well, this book was categorized as a, as a crime in the Crime Reads article titled 10 Best Crime Novels of the Last Decade. And 
I don't know how I feel about that, but we'll just, I, I, what's it, digress, let's continue. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know how I feel about Mr. Crime Reads and his credentials. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't find an author of that one either, so I just don't know who wrote it, and I'm just, anyway. Yeah, if they don't attach their name to it, then that's something they're not proud of, and I don't trust it. (laughs) Exactly, me either. Sign your name to your work, we say, as we use pen names. No, we don't. (laughs) That was was false, I lied. Um... All right, the well, back do you, the book. Yeah, I was like, do you feel like giving us a brief synopsis of the actual story? No. Um, in 1950s, Glasgow, William Watts' wife. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Is that hard to say? <laughs> There's too much alliteration. Yes. Too much. Okay, so his wife, daughters, and sister-in-law are found slaughtered in their beds. Although Watt has an ironclad alibi, the police are convinced that he is guilty. Determined to clear his name, he offers a bounty for information that will lead him to the real killer. Career criminal Peter Manuel claims he knows the truth that will absolve Watt and has information that only the killer would know. But it wouldn't come cheap. Watt agrees to sit down with Manuel, and before they know it, one drink has turned into an epic forgotten night of Carousing, cruising, night of carousing around the city bars and clubs that exposes the thin line uh, across the city's bars and clubs that exposes the thin line between a good yarn and the truth. (laughs) The next time the unlikely pair meet is across the witness stand in court where Manuel is on trial for the murder of Watts' family. Manuel calls Watt to the stand to testify about the long, shady night they shared. Another one. Shady night shared. (laughs) The shocking testimony (laughs) that Manuel coaxes out of Watt threatens to expose the dark hearts of the guilty. And the innocent. Okay, so off the top, the back of this book sounds so interesting, and I'm just going to say, was not into it. So I'm very upset. But let's take a deep dive into why. <laughs> let's take a quick little smoke break before we deep dive into why. Oh yeah, uh, that's what we're supposed to do. All right, spoiler ready? alert. Yeah, what are you smoking today? Today I've got some dabs redos because I think that's just it's just who I am now. It's just um, your medium. It's okay. It is. I have to look like I'm doing the world's worst thing in the world. <laughs> is it heroin? <laughs> If you don't know, you don't know. You don't know, you don't know me. Um, so Blue Dream is a sativa dominant hybrid, um, which is a cross of blueberry and haze. It's a super old strain, one of the best selling, one of the most popular. Um, it is a full body relaxation with gentle cerebral invigoration which is great, you know, since I'm supposed to be cerebral during a podcast (laughs) and my body needs to relax as I broke the fuck out of my leg. No, (laughs) fell the fuck out of my ankle and it hurt. You deserve the, you deserve the invigorating 
whatever that was. I missed part of it, but it's okay. The thought, the thought is there. You deserve to relax. I deserve these sick Brussels sprouts that I'm using as an ice pack. Yes. Um, I made well, dad I... make me Brussels sprouts. Oh, yum. That sounds delicious. Um, I don't know any of those fancy words and things. I just know I went to the store and I said, that one sounds good. And I got a key lime pie for my little cartridge, my little vape pen, because I vape like a douchebag. And um, <laughs> high key not into it. <laughs> it is a, it's a indica and I'm usually a sativa person. So I just don't really like it. And it's not my, it's not my back, but it's okay because I paid for it. So I'm going to smoke it. Drugs is drugs. Drugs is drugs. You know that that Ty Verde song that's like the drug song? Did I send that one to you? I don't know who Ty Verde is. He likes salsa Verde cousin. Drugs. No, he's the one that does the second, it's a TikTok thing. Anyway, he's like, sometimes Sorry. I do drugs, not hard ones. Anyway. Oh, I think I know what you're talking about. Get by on. Yes. Okay, cut this part out. But anyway. Let's go ahead and just smokey smoke. We will be right back. I have a TikTok like sound, not even a song. It's just a sound stuck in my head. Oh, I do that all the time. Is it the fucking Tomato Town one? No, um, it's the one. It's the Sip Scream one, where you know how they always do like those videos. Wow, you look like you're struggling. <laughs> It's fine. Keep going. I gotta get. I gotta get used to it eventually. You know how they do those videos of like a really hot person doing something, and there's always like the, da, 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 and then someone's screaming in the background. Yeah. Yeah, it's stuck in my head. <laughs> also, where the fuck's your boot? It's over by the desk. I'm trying to, out, not need it anymore. Um, is that what the doctor told you to do? Yeah, do to like only use the boot as long as you feel like I need it. And I feel like I don't need it, so. You just don't want to need it. Yeah, I don't want to yeah. need it, but. I know you. I got to strengthen my ankle so I can get back to working at full capacity. I guess, shit. I don't know how to say this, so I'm just literally going to say it. Um, the Oscar Mayer wiener truck came to the, the village today and yeah. there was just lines of people standing outside of the Oscar Mayer wiener truck and we still can't figure out what they were there for because it didn't look like anybody was getting a hot dog. So it's yeah, very strange. Like what, is the, what is the purpose of the Oscar Mayer wiener dog? Is it just for like pictures? I don't know, but Dean texted me last night and said, the Oscar Mayer wiener truck is coming to the village from 10 to 2. And I was like, why the fuck would you tell me this at 9 o'clock at night? And he was like, well, we just might get busy. And I was like, why would we get busy? Well, he wasn't wrong. So. What the fuck? Yeah, why would you get, why would that make you guys busy? It was literally parked right outside. Like, we could see them from our, like, bar area. And I was like, what's happening right now? And so all day, well, we had nothing to do. We had literally two prep projects to do. And somehow it took me all fucking day to do. Just because I'm slow, apparently. So no, you're I don't not. Know. What the fuck? Who said that? No, I said that. Um, so all day Dean was like, 
what else do we have to do? And I'd be like, oh, I have to do this, this, and this. And I'd still be working on one project. And then he would get three of my projects done. And then he'd be like, all right, now what do you have to do? And I'm like, well, this, this, and this. And at one point he was like, you're just making up more things to do. And I was like, no, I legitimately keep remembering stuff. And so he ended up leaving at 1030. And I didn't get to leave till 12 because I got stuck doing stuff. And I was like, well, this sucks. But we were trying to leave early because we didn't want to get stuck in the, like, the Oscar Mayer wiener rush. Yeah, but we still, I still did. And I'm bummed. In this dumpster fire of a recording. It's always a dumpster fire. Do you think we'll ever have anyone to listen? I'm so scared. I'm so terrified of people hearing my voice a lot of people that are like oh you're doing a podcast I want to listen and I'm like absolutely not I'll never tell you the name of my podcast well I've already told them because I think it's funny but I'm never gonna tell them when it airs because I don't want people to listen which is weird because I do want people to listen but I just don't want people that I know and I don't want people who know me to listen exactly we need strangers Ugh, I want to die. I'm so sick of my foot hurting. It was so fine. It was literally all I thought all day. I was like, damn, I'm not going to wear my boot tomorrow. I feel great about today. I'm going to wear my extra tufts and I'm going to do my job 100% of the way because I can walk through all the fucking puddles because I got to pump some fucking water out of there. Nope. Mm-hmm. Not a thing. Shit hurts. Maybe so, I, you have to wear your boots tomorrow. I might, I might break out my, my big thick winter boots because they're they're waterproof and they're like super sturdy, super sturdy. They're super sturdy. That so if I'm gonna be, gonna <laughs> so while I'm fucking around in the back, if I like jostle my ankle it won't be so bad because I'm not going to be bending it that much that makes sense just be sick if it didn't hurt at all ever it'll get there unless it turns into one of those things like when you're old and you're like every time it rains my hip starts aching you know squirrels are yelling at us I can hear them (laughs) Mm-hmm. there's like a couple that live in the trees around our house and like they throw pine cones at the cars and then like if they're not doing that then they're just like out the kitchen window you can like look and you can see just like piles of where they've just been sitting in these like only these two spots and eating their pine cones and just like staring at the window welcome back everyone um so from the beginning I think this book really made me feel away um I think I oh I started reading it on a plane I remember now I started reading it on the plane Mm -hmm. and so I read it all at once so it's all very stream of consciousness my notes um uh, I told my dad that we're in a book club what do you say Oh, that sounds cute. (laughs) (laughs) Did not tell him it was a podcast. I don't want to explain to him anything about that. Wait, did he actually say, oh, that's cute? Yes. I was like, oh, that's, That's because I I was like, yeah, well, you know, 
so like we both like reading so we kind of like we we have a book club where we like pick a book and we read it and then we talk about it every week and I was like oh that sounds like really cute way for you guys to stay in touch she's like yeah yeah it is (laughs) that was our thoughts too thanks dad chapter one um so yeah I'm not sure if I'm reading this right but there's this dude Watt and he really just wants to put the whole Burnside affair behind him and at this point I didn't know exactly what was going on I was like does he mean his family's like murder and like the violent attack of his daughter like his daughter got like brutally sexually attacked like and he wants to put this whole affair behind him I just did like from the start did not like the way he was talking about it at all Mm -hmm. and then and this whole like performance in the bar where him and him and Manuel pretend that they're gonna threaten each other they like put on this act because they're not supposed to get along but for some reason they do get along which is also really weird and I didn't understand Mm -hmm. so like right off the bat I hate this guy and then but part of it I like have a little aside to myself it's not helped by the fact that I've watched the Chris Watts documentary like seven times you know that guy that like killed his pregnant wife and his two daughters and like buried them in barrels or some shit like that yeah he like sucked them in oil tankers and it's like yeah Jesus. i listened to the tco episode about that and i was like fuck that guy yeah so like that's fresh in my mind and so i just like hate the, this guy already because he's got like this violent violent crime against his family and his name is watt so i was like god fuck that guy already yeah fuck him um and then skip to the next chapter and this one is like six months later um during the trial of peter manuel he's getting charged with eight murders three of them being um not chris watts and his family and then william (laughs) william watts yes (laughs) will watts not not chris watts (laughs) Those many, many moons later. Yeah, it is kind of interesting that she, like, predicted this guy killing his wife. Yeah. Ooh, spoiler alert. Sorry. Oh yes. Super spoiler alert. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it looks like this novel is going to switch back and forth between the trial and the night in question. Um... Every scene in the trial just feels like really slimy. Like these two slimy men tiptoeing through the gray areas between truth and self-incrimination. And it's just like, it's just a really gross attitude to read about. Yeah. Um, I found this part, I don't know, I guess I just didn't really understand what was happening, which at first I attributed to being the beginning of the book and having everything be kind of ambiguous in the beginning anyway um but I just didn't really know what was going on half the time and so but I did find this part and it's like the first thing that irked me um it's a it's a proven scientific fact that women are attracted to power to being dominated it is 1958 and a husband has a legal right to rape and beat his wife that's a private matter a matter for the home and I was just like what the fuck? 
we are off to a horrible start. Did a woman write this? Like, I was like, that was so horrible. And then maybe I thought back and was like, maybe I didn't read it all the way through. So maybe, I don't know, maybe I was missing something. Maybe she's making like a commentary or something. But I just got really annoyed by that at first because it just was such a anti-feminist like statement. I don't know. Yeah, I really, I really... Yeah, I hate that too. I just, I really hope it's just like a statement of the times and this is just the attitude of the times because it's like, it's carried through throughout the rest of the book. Yeah, like they're, they're super shitty to the women that are, that exist in this world. And they're just like super shitty about a lot of things that I feel like, I, I don't know, there's, we'll get into it, but there's like a lot of really, I feel like a lot of really shitty things that is like said or like, just stated in the book. I guess what irritates me is that it's usually stated in the book, not in quotation. So it's not like someone saying this, it's just part of the, of the story. And so it bothers me because I just like, it's so antiquated. And I just was like, did a woman, did a woman really write this? So it bothered me. Um, and I don't know, maybe she is, maybe she's a genius and she's like trying to make a commentary on all these things. And she just does a really good job of writing this book. Like it was written in 1958, but. Yeah, I feel like it's very, I think that's literally my ne- my next note. It's like it's the fifties, so I guess I'll try to be forgiving, but these people fucking suck. Yeah, it's very it's very nineteen fifties, and I just like I don't. I get it. I think it's 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 very. I don't know. I don't want to call it good, but it's like it really reads like the fifties. I think it does what mm-hmm. it's supposed to do. I don't like it, but it does what it's supposed to do. Oh yeah, me either. Yeah, exactly. Also, it was around here that I fell asleep and then had to read the rest of the book in one day, so. Oh yeah. Well, that's so funny. We read, I read the book in one go and you read a little bit and then you read the rest of it in one go. So funny yeah. that we had, to, we had to do that. We had to sprint through it. Well, I had to sprint, sprint through because I asked you to give me a deadline when <laughs> you were just on a plane. Yeah, yeah, but I couldn't, I guess, like, I don't want to call it boring, but I just, like, really needed to get. I'll to call the end it boring. <laughs> I literally I really bring that up later. Oh, my God. No, anyway. no it is, it's pretty boring. It's too much, too much time in court. Court shit is boring. There's too much description. Like, they're just, nothing happens because they're too busy describing where they're standing and how many cigarettes they're smoking and how many drinks it's been like it's just there's too much describing and not much action <laughs> too much I'll get to it later I have notes okay um okay. chapter four we're back in court um he's getting questioned Mr. Watt he's not really helping himself out he when he was questioned about his dead family he didn't cry but he starts to cry when he is discussing his missed business opportunities. And then there's this bit where he's being questioned by the lawyer and he's caught in an obvious lie about there being blood on his hand. He said he got it from cutting the corns off of his feet, which he would have had no opportunity to do since he literally picked, they picked him up from the riverbank where he should have been fishing. So there's no reason why he would have had blood on his hands if you were fishing, you know? Mm-hmm. That was very important. So he's just like a really sus dude. He is super sus. 
I just, I don't know. I disliked him from the beginning. And also, I feel like she described him really gross in the beginning. Like, yeah, just, just from his appearance. attitude. Yeah, and, and like, everything. Everything. Yeah, she like described him as super gross. So I guess I feel like we were like primed to be disgusted by him, but he just like, ugh, everyone in this book, nobody, there's nobody redeemable in this book. Like, yeah, it's hard, just, hard to like a character. And was like, I think that was kind of the point. Like, but at the same time, I didn't like any of them. So yeah, he's super sus. But also, like, this is another example of her like priming him to be um to be like unlikable, I guess. Um, but they say in chapter four that uh Watt tried to communicate this, but it's 1958 and men don't really have words for feelings. And I just that rubbed me the wrong way because I was like, why do we always make this joke? Like society puts this ideal on men that they can't have emotions or show emotions like that's a sign of weakness or whatever. So they always just like repress everything. But then we continuously like make jokes and are mad at them about the fact that they're not good at expressing their emotions. And like, we did that to them. So why are yep. we mad? <laughs> like an endless cycle <laughs> and so I'm just like this is gross like I don't know it is I don't know it just maybe put me in the spiral of thinking about how we're just like so like don't get me wrong the audacity of men sometimes but also like we've we've they're predisposed to be this way and then we're mad at them for being this way and I'm like mm, well maybe it's not their fault I mean it is but maybe also I don't know part their fault in part like it's nature versus nurture we need to it's their nature, but also we need to nurture it out of them. Yeah. So I don't know. That just rubbed me the wrong way. So I had to rant about that too. I don't know why. I just realized that all I was doing was nitpicking her. So less of my notes are of that. <laughs> of me just like <laughs> nitpicking all of the stuff that like doesn't matter. It's not even part of the story. And I'm just going off on a, like a tangent for no reason. So I apologize for I all those. No, don't apologize. I think it's good because like she put, she obviously put these things into the book for a reason. I think she did it because she wanted you to have this reaction. Like you're supposed to, you like, he's this piece of garbage, but for a split second, you know, like you felt a little bad for him for not being able to communicate his feelings effectively. Mm -hmm. Maybe, maybe, maybe deep down you felt a little bad for him, not on the surface. Yeah. Maybe it wasn't me thinking about all the other men that I know in my life, but yeah, you're right. Maybe deep down I was like, huh, we did this to him. Not Watts, fuck Watts. Yeah, fuck Watts though. <clears throat> so anyway, moving right along. Um, yeah, more 1950s things that we both got really mad about. Um, mine is the normalization of drunk driving, just because I take it personally, I guess. Uh-huh. Um, and I, I all caps took it personally. Um, oof. Oh, this guy goes away for something because I hate him. He is literally the worst. Um, he says, I want to be near powerful upper class people. It thrills and comforts me. I want to be near them, not you. You make me less. You are cheap. I mean, he just like makes shitty comments like these. And... He took, he takes, he took them to a more upscale bar so that he could feel in control again, so that he could be with upper class people and feel comforted and feel like in his own zone. 
And then at this point, out of fucking nowhere, this Peter Manuel, who is at this point, like they've they've told us that he's a serial rapist and murderer. He tries to endear himself to Watts because he's a writer and cool. I don't know. I think Peter like says that in an order and like he's trying to get something out of Watts. He like wants him to root for him. And like he wants someone to root for him for being a writer because it's like this like it's classy you know to be a writer it's, it's like art you know artists are I don't know they're a different echelon of society mm-hmm. and this motherfucker is like I am a writer and I was like I'm not gonna root for this guy I don't give a shit that he's a writer like I'm not I'm not gonna root for him and like but on the other hand fuck Watts and his classism and like mm-hmm. fuck him for not even not even wanting justice for his family he just wants this to be over so that he can move on mm-hmm. and I'm just like God, I just really want to know what the truth is because like why the fuck does this dude not give a shit about his family's murder well spoiler alert we find out of why why later but yeah yeah it's gross he's they're gross they're both just disgusting um, yeah we're just like we don't even find out till later how gro- like we just like get clues into how gross they are but like they're fucking gross <laughs> yeah they're disgusting um, so I just found this line in the book that I thought was super funny and I feel I don't know why but I feel like I wasn't interested in this book until this line but uh he says get the fuck out of there you ye wee shits or shites and I think it's so <laughs> funny like this man is yelling at these kids for breaking into a car of a spoiler alert murdered person and I just think it's so funny (laughs) like just the way it's written and the way I like read it in my head in like a Scottish accent that I can't replicate but I thought it was so funny I was like this is it this line saves the book like Mm -hmm. I was like it can be over now I don't even care about the murder (laughs) like it was all about these kids finding an abandoned car that was that's what it was all for yes always um so it says they buy warm bottled beer and whiskeys uh, that taste a bit watery. Neither of them likes who they are in this pub. And I was just like, yeah, well, none of us like who you guys are, period. Like, full stop. It doesn't matter where you happen to be. You're both literal trash. <laughs> like, I just Absolutely. was like, why do we care whether or not they like themselves in this bar? Like, we don't like you. We don't care how you feel. Like, yeah, they haven't redeemed themselves at all and and they don't ever it's just so I got annoyed about that one so I guess I lied I do pick out some more things before I get to actual ideas chapter nine I'm sorry um I really like this chapter it's about Nettie John's wife who the fuck is John? John is, John is William's brother. Yeah, John Watts. Who anyway, I do so not John care for. <laughs> yeah, John fucking sucks. But John's wife. <laughs> she's, she's a rock smart, star. <laughs> super, superstar. Um, she has so much potential if she wasn't stuck just being called wife by some fucker um, <laughs> named John. Um, she realizes the worst literally the worst she realizes immediately that mr peter manuel 
is the killer because how else would he know how to describe the daughter's comforter? He used one word at first and then he was able to pull another word, another descriptor, which you wouldn't have known if he was getting this knowledge secondhand. He wouldn't have known what the comforter felt like enough to use another adjective for it. Mm -hmm. He would just know how someone else described it. She's always smart super smart it's because she went she goes to the movies and I just love how she's like kind of embarrassed about going to the movies like I love you Nettie be, be free go to those movies yeah it probably costs like five cents <laughs> you go girl you spend that nickel you take John's money and you spend it fuck John fuck John John calls you wife uh I get so mad about that too I don't think he said please he lays orders her around doesn't say please just wife he literally goes wife wife ashtray and i'm like if a man ever talks to me like that it is on site i'm going to end him like she has a name head. yeah like she has a name you know it you're married to her dude and so i'm just like don't yell at her i don't know why these bitch-ass men always think they can just yell at us like because it's 1958 <laughs> Ugh, I, got, I just didn't like him after that I was like no because at first I was going to give him a chance because he seemed like he doesn't have time for William's shit which none of us have time for so I thought he was going to be cool and then he yelled at his wife and didn't call her by her name and I was like that's it you're dead to me you're trash too you can only be human <laughs> so annoying and also um to your point that she immediately knows Manuel's the killer she also like at the end of the um, chapter, after they kick out the, um, they kick out William and Peter, she, uh, she's talking to her husband and um, she was like, I don't want, um, she says, I don't want that filthy man in my house ever again. This is, I know, says John, I know neither of them was talking about Peter Manuel. So they're both Boom. just like, they're both just like, we cannot be around William anymore. And I'm like, that's right, bitch. He's shady as fuck. So Literally. I like her. She's so intuitive. And like, she doesn't get enough enough page time, I guess. Yeah. I want more Nettie. Yeah. Nettie more Nettie, less uh, wet, wet, waddy, waddy. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, okay. I'm sorry. So yeah, I, I, got, I got really mad about that. Um, and then I also got mad about this um, gang name. So <laughs> they're downtown. Ooh, so the gang. It says the cop bar is on the cot bar is on the sharp corner at Townhead. It's a filthy place. By an unhappy accident of aerodynamics, litter and dust and ash are swept downhill around the corners over the streets and deposited against the sidewall. Gang slogans are scratched into the dirt. This is Cody gang territory. So the tags are mostly theirs. Cody equals come on die young and I was just like this is truly the worst gang name I've ever heard like you don't run the streets the streets run you like you just oh that was such Maybe a bad in 1958, name Cody was more more uh god what's the word intimidating and I was like fire the guy that picked that gang name because he sucks and he's the weakest link so anyway that gang name sucks <laughs> And the rest of that, the chapters between the, like that and my next note, I didn't really pay too much attention to. I mean, I read it obviously, but there's just not like a lot going on. Um, it's just gang stuff with Peter Manuel being a fucking yeah. little gang, gang man. 
Yeah. And then so I bookend the gang talk with more gang talk. And um, now they're talking about a different gang. And it says the first person to be gifted the Beretta is uh, Billy Fullerton, a famous hard case and leader of the Billy Boys of Bridgeton Razor Gang. And I said, now that's a gang name. <laughs> like Billy Boys. The Billy Boys. Like that's a gang name. He deserves a raise. But um, yeah, so they're talking about they're talking about gangs for another like chapter or so and honestly with all the gang talk I'm kind of disappointed there was not as much like like they talk about it a lot they just don't really like give us a glimpse into the gang really so yeah it's kind not, of miss out on like that the gang part. doesn't they don't do anything you know it's just like the gang doesn't gang they just they're just there yeah Peter is I guess part of this gang like is he though like I get the feeling they don't like him like yeah for some reason no one likes Peter and they beat the shit out of him like he deserves it though for some reason like apparently he's getting paid back he fucked up in some way and also I'm like they kind of did this to themselves because they spend the whole night going to bars and making a big deal about being seen in public and then like they get tracked down by the mob bosses like lackey and they're like hey like you got to come to this bar and they they get like kidnapped essentially and taken to see like the gang boss and i'm just like you did this to yourselves like why are you so surprised that you're here right now you were not subtle about where you were all night like yeah they were loud obnoxious drunks (laughs) which i feel like walked it on purpose like because he's the one that kept pushing like peter to keep going places so i just feel like he was doing it on purpose but i just also feel like that motivation never becomes clear so i'm just not sure if it's supposed to be something that i or like if it's something that i missed or if it's actually just something you're supposed to think about so i think later on they really go they spend too much time listening like a whole chapter talking about like his emotions it just felt very the strangery to me that part mm-hmm. but i think i could go into that later on um okay Ooh, we start getting to some sort of resolution with the story. Some of the mystery is being solved. Some of the crime. Mm-hmm. Chapter 14. Okay, so Dandy is Peter Manuel's boss, I guess. Well, he's the gang boss. So this is where we find out this this motherfucker, Mr. Watts, Mr. William Watts. Mr. William bag. Christopher Watts. With William Christopher Murder My Family Watts. <laughs> Paid Dandy and some seedy dudes to murder his wife. Wild. Who saw that one coming? Not I. And Jessly, I'm glad they just finally came out and said it. Like, I'm, I'm glad that, like, I finally know. Because, like, apparently he just, like, he can't kill his wife himself. So he's just gonna, like, mess up other people's lives like this is the truth that he's been hiding from for 140 pages Uh uh-huh and he's like he has the fucking audacity to be mad that he's the main suspect when he literally paid someone to murder his wife yeah like he's literally the suspect yeah like how dare they be right how dare they figure it out i was so sneaky 
everyone is stupid, but apparently Peter is specifically very stupid because him going down for the murder was all part of the plan. Um, I totally believe that he's a serial rapist and murderer, but he wouldn't have been caught if it weren't for the crime boss. Because like, he totally killed at least three of these people and he probably killed at least some of the other women that they talked about. But like, the only reason that he's going away for it right now is because his boss, Dandy, has the cops in his pocket. And so it was like, hey, now you can arrest him. Now it's okay to arrest him. Mm-hmm. And then there's a specific line that I really wanted to bring up about the cop um, that's been trying to put Manuel away. Muncie always get his, gets his man. His career covers 54 murder inquiries. Incredibly, everyone was solved. And then um, heads up, but that's a massive red flag. No one gets all the bad guys. It's very sus. Um, some of them are just accidents. Like if you know anything about true crime, you know that there's no way you get the bad guy every time. Like this is just a very obvious like clue that some of some of the murders were obviously framed. This whole system, like this whole legal system in Scotland at the time is very corrupt because mm-hmm. like that's not it's not possible to always get get their man. Yeah, like he's definitely just trying to dot his I's and cross his T's and, you know, put it on someone so that they can tie it up in a neat little bow because it doesn't really matter to him whether or not the crime is actually solved, which is just gross. It just further wins and that's all that matters. Yeah. And it just further kind of goes to our point that there's nobody in this book that I like at all. Even the cops. Cops suck. Yeah. I don't know. I guess Isabella, one of the like presumed um presumed victims of peter's um her dad's okay i guess like oh yeah because he has he has this little snippet about like justice yeah but also i have like an annoying like thing about that too is they tell that whole story and then i don't know if you talk about this later sorry if you do spoiler alert but this whole thing where like Peter confesses or whatever they say Peter confessed to the murder and they say that he takes them out into this like so the dad's telling like giving his story and he's telling them that he's saying that like Peter confessed this murder he took them like the cops out to a field and says that he was like standing on her body or whatever and so then it was like oh like that seems super obvious that Peter's the killer like he obviously killed her but then later they explain the actual scene and a it's not a shock because we already knew that that whole thing happened it was kind of like a copy paste that plot point which i don't know if it was for a reason um it was weird but then also like it didn't really seem like it was like it didn't really seem like he actually knew like it's kind of seemed like he was um confessing to the murder because he was being paid to or something yeah and like I've totally heard of that in like all those crime movies there's like one guy whose job it is to like go to prison for people and like he totally he totally killed at least three of the murders that he was he was like he confessed for like I believe he did at least three of those the other ones I'm unsure about yeah because they also did this whole thing with like his family where like his parents are 
or his dad is also in jail or something like that. And he like totally does a deal where he like tells them about the murders and then he gets to see his family. And like, I don't know. I just feel like the whole time I didn't feel like he was the murderer. And then like, then towards the end of the book, he like does his whole spiel. And then I'm like, wow, you a hundred percent, you're a psycho. Like you actually killed these people. And then now I just don't think so anymore. Like, I just, I don't know what I think. And I don't even, wait, which three are you saying that he like definitely killed? Like the Watts? Yeah, he definitely killed the Watts and the like the sister-in-law and the daughter. I feel like he definitely did those ones. I didn't feel like that. Like, I don't know. But he it knew details that otherwise wouldn't have, like, no one else could have known. Like, I guess, except that, like, I don't know. I just don't, I don't know. The whole time I just kept being like, I don't know who did this. And it all feels weird. And I kind of think that's the point. But I just, like, I don't know. I don't like loose ends. So I wasn't fully convinced either way. I understand where you're coming from. I'm just not convinced. Yeah, I can see that. Just because, like, all of it is so there's just too much doubt in all of it that like can we really be sure that any of it is right yeah exactly um chapter 20 listen to a lot of true crime podcasts and novels and such and such a big thing that they talk about is it really goes wrong for the killers when they are allowed to talk for too long um because they like to talk and so they'll talk and they'll talk and they'll talk and they'll talk themselves into getting hated by everyone in the room, which is really bad if you're trying to convince 12 people that you didn't kill people. Uh huh. And so for this chapter, I'll admit, I felt, I think I felt what you were talking about. I felt bad for him. I felt like this was all very against him, a little unfairly against him because like he, he said all this stuff and he like pled his case and he thought he was doing so well, but like, he's the only one that thought it went well and I just I felt bad for him because he just really was just set up to fail from the beginning and there's like obviously something wrong with him like he's obviously a sociopath or a psychopath or there's something wrong with him and it just yeah like sucks because like she gave us a little I don't know a a little like sneak peek at his humanity I guess and I'm just like ah dang it no I don't know like right could this idiot really kill a bunch of people he's uh. like I'm not fully convinced he can tie his shoes without help like I just don't I don't know so yeah I do like I I know what you're exactly what you're saying it was kind of it was really sad and they said he talked for six and a half hours or some shit like that and I was like holy cow like I think that's what made it feel like the stranger just like too much talking at at court (laughs) Mm-hmm. a lot of talking in court and I think this is the last chapter yeah chapter 23 mm-hmm. um they did that thing where they say the name of the thing and the thing <laughs> of the thing when they do the thing with the thing with the thing <laughs> yeah absolutely you get it so like so the thing the long drop the name of the the name of the book apparently um it refers to the long drop method of hanging um where you snap the neck between the second and third vertebra and it's that it's that there's like a special equation that you can figure out with like the person's weight and the height that they need to fall for it to snap their neck just enough to like between the two vertebra and not have it like decapitate them 
but also like not have it slowly choke them. It's part of that like whole cruel, unusual thing. They want to make it quick. Spoiler alert, they explain that because that's what they do to Peter because they find him guilty of like six oh, yeah, out I guess... of eight counts. Oh yeah, I guess I probably should have led with that. So yeah, Peter's fucking, Peter's dying. And like, they do this whole thing with his mom that I found super hard to read, like, where she just like, is so just broken over the fact that like, her son is this like serial killer. And, you know, she like does this whole thing, like, where did I go wrong? Basically, like, I loved you and all I ever did was love you and support you and choose you over and over and over again. And this is what happens and this is what you do. And I'm just like, it was a lot. It was really hard to read. And it was sad because like, I guess I just keep getting hit with like every time we do a book where there's murder or whatever, I just keep getting hit with the like, it doesn't just affect like one person. It's just like a spiral effect and everybody is like, impacted by this action on both sides like the side of the person who did the crime and the side of like the victim and it's so sad to me like yeah she just has this whole breakdown and then like when they finally leave him for the last time like she basically says like bye i'll never see you again and she like slaps him and it's like crazy and then she <laughs> leaves and they're like getting on the bus and her husband goes to like grab her hand and she was like don't touch me and then she's like don't ever fucking touch me again and i was like this bitch's life is just like completely changed now <laughs> like she's just yeah she's fucking pissed like her son yeah like apparently she raised a boy that is capable of such immense violence against women like as a mother you gotta feel a way about it yeah and she like hates herself and her husband so much i feel like like how could they have done this like yeah and the fact that her husband all she all he did was like lie to cover his son like he didn't Mm -hmm. care whether he did it or not he was covering for him no matter what yeah it sucks it was awful so that was hard but yeah so they kill him and uh watts gets away with it yep and i got real pissed i got real sad and disappointed you know he like I get like Peter Manuel was the hired killer and like he deserved I guess if he killed those people he deserved what he got I guess but like I'm just the injustice of it all like Watts gets to live his new life with his new wife however long this one gets to stay alive fuck and he just gets to be successful and like no one gives a shit about the poor idiot who like killed his family and like damn yeah (laughs) and like William um like has a a mistress the whole book like he talks about her from like the first chapter and so it's just like gross because you I guess I just realized that like he killed his family so he could start a new family and I was just like oh I hate him I hate him so much he's just so gross so yeah there's no at no point he was redeemed like he had this woman in the wings the whole time like does she even know about his other family that he like essentially killed them mm-hmm. does she know that she needs to be afraid for her fucking life for when he finds someone younger like 
which is what he literally did. Like, I'm not making a dig at her. I'm just saying that he literally got his wife killed so he could marry someone younger. And I was like, that's just <sighs> disgusting. Just awful. I don't know. So I just like, I don't really know how to say this in like a nice way, but the book was super boring. <laughs> like for a book <laughs> that was based on rapes and murders, it literally could not have been like less captivating. And I think that you said it best when you said that it's boring because it's not even about the crimes. It's about men covering their asses. <laughs> and I was just like, yeah, like not that we need to read like grisly descriptions of the crimes themselves, but also it kind of feels like the victims didn't really even get justice, even though Peter was hung and I said hanged. I don't really know what correct grammar is. I probably never will. Um, we just okay. spend like, <laughs> we just spend the whole book having, like hearing different false accounts of what really happened to the victims and nobody really ever takes any responsibility for it. So that really sucks. And then like, fuck Watts for getting away with it and fuck Chris Watts too, but fuck Watts for getting away with it. And I was just like, at the end, I was just like, wow, I'm so sad. And I'm so mad at men right now. <laughs> like, which maybe also could have been the writer's point, but I was just... Yeah. Yeah, fuck I men. Just, I just ended it being like, what the fuck? And I know that like obviously women do crimes and stuff, but I just got to the end and was like, God, the audacity sometimes. Like Absolutely. The audacity of all the men in this book. Like they all fucking suck. They were all awful. Every single one of them, even John. <sighs> mostly John, just kidding. Not mostly, but he was a, want the sequel to be nothing about Nettie solving crimes. Yeah, and Nettie kills all the rest of the men. I don't know. I don't care, but I just want it to be about Nettie. <laughs> she was the only person I liked. Um, so I guess that about wraps it up for that. Um, what would you say for genre authenticity for this book? I would say that I think I'm a fucking comedian. <laughs> because um, at the end, not even at the end, like a third of the way through my plane ride, my genius uh authenticity it's a uh, criminally authentic which i feel like doesn't even say anything about the genre authenticity it doesn't <laughs> i just That's wanted to be enough. funny <laughs> well i tried to be funny after that and said it was criminally frustrating both right so, neither of us are that funny but i think the point is we think that we're funny so um yes i would say that i think that it is a crime because what else would it be i don't know there was lots of crimes so yeah it was pretty crimey yeah props to whoever wrote that crime reads article you should probably take credit for your work so yeah you deserve <laughs> it unless you don't yeah unless unless you do crime then anyway <laughs> um okay so what are you what are you rating it out of 10 i gave it out of 10, I gave it a hot six. Explain. I think it's because I read it all in one go. So I didn't really have time to like sit and think on it in between. Mm -hmm. I think I think it did what it was supposed to do. I think it was a good, good crime novel. That being said, I didn't like it. <laughs> made me fucking mad but it was good 
Um, so yeah, I kind of along the same lines, but I said I'd give it a four out of 10. I think that the author made a really bold choice in writing the story mostly from the point of view of the criminals. So I think that gained it some points in my book for that. I was like, well, that's a, that's a type of, um, like that's a choice, a like artistic choice that I haven't really seen much in books. And maybe that's just cause I don't read the, the same types of books usually, but I was like, huh, it's pretty interesting to write the story that way it kind of reminded me of if you've seen that Ted Bundy like movie that Zac Efron was in I think it was called oh, like yeah. extremely wicked whatever vile whatever extremely vile <laughs> yeah so whatever um I watched that whole thing and I got to the end and you know like at the end have you seen it yeah I've seen it okay times. <laughs> so you know that like at the end spoiler alert to anyone who hasn't seen this movie but if you don't know about Ted Bundy then like what are we doing here so um, <laughs> um so at the end when he's like talking to her he's talking to like um his girlfriend um Lily Collins character I don't know what her name is in the movie but um he's talking to her and she's like being like just tell me that you did it like tell me whether or not you did it and then he kind of like does that whole scene where he like write ha writes hacksaw like on the window to like indicate that he used a hacksaw and um but the whole his whole face and his like determination because he's like do you think that I did it and she was like just tell me whether or not you did it he's like did you think that do you think that I could do that and she's like I just need you to tell me whether or not you did it and then like he gets like so pissed off that she doesn't believe him that like I just couldn't tell at the end of the movie. I was like, wait a fucking second. Do I not think Ted Bundy did this? Like, <laughs> Efron just makes me believe that Ted Bundy didn't do this. But I think that's the point. Like, I think he was so intense at that scene. You're supposed to question, like, whether or not. Yeah. Because that was his whole thing. Ted Bundy was supposed to be, like, the charismatic one. You know, he was yeah. able to, like, talk women into, like, getting into his fucking VW Beetle. Yeah. Which, like, I'd and probably like, get into a VW Beetle, let's be honest. No, yeah, absolutely. It was yellow. It's got to be the ugliest fucking thing ever. I would love that. I would love it so much. Um, but, like, I think, I think that's the point. Like, I think you're supposed to, like, you're supposed to question it. It was, it was super well done. Like, that movie was, like, at first I was kind of like, eh, okay. Because I also don't want to subscribe to this whole, like, Ted Bundy craze that everyone's going through. Because I'm like, let's stop glorifying this dude. Um, yeah. But also, I was like, this movie was so well done. Like, the direction was so good because they made me question it at the end. And I was like, holy fuck, I wasn't even high. And I was like, this is really, like, driving me crazy. So. Yeah, it was a trip. I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch it after this now. I know. I kind of want to watch it again. Um, good job, Zach. <laughs> was great great acting um you did it Zephron you, you did it so well um so anyway that's my whole semi like not connected storyline um but I'm just like thinking kind of at the end of this book I got that whole like huh I don't really know if he actually killed them or not and I don't really know who's actually guilty so I gave her points for that I thought that was really cool um but again I wouldn't recommend it also and I didn't really like it so Contrary to my, I didn't like it. contrary to my like weird thing where I made it sound like I liked it because I liked that Zac Efron movie, but um, yeah, I didn't like it. So, because sorry, maybe Denise. if maybe if they made it into a movie starring Zac Efron, we would be able to feel it a little bit more. Zac Efron, you could play Peter. I think you'd do a good job. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, maybe we'd be a little more to it. Like if they they just gotta like dress him really nice and then. 
Like, yeah, he'd be really good at it. Zach, you can do anything. You can set your mind to. Yeah, because he's listening. <laughs> you don't know someday. Zach Efron is our number one fan. Zach Efron's on our Patreon. Just kidding. We don't have a Patreon and we never will. Um, anyway, so yeah, that's the end of our rant about this book that we didn't really like. Um, I am very excited to announce our next topic. The next book that we will be doing is a it is a horror a horror genre and um it is called the ruins by scott smith and i actually happen to have the book with me if you would like perfect to synopsize i see you looking please mine's Um, upstairs and i don't want to go up those stairs again it's gucci i brought mine so um but i was just gonna say andy really likes horror like the horror genre and i'm not a huge fan so i'm kind of scared slash excited to read this book because it's not my normal genre but I feel like you're either gonna love it or hate it and I feel like what however you feel is gonna be the opposite for me maybe I googled it and I'm not (laughs) into it I don't know if I'm not into it I'm just like I'm not expecting a whole lot of it just because it's takes place in Mexico and it's written by a guy named Scott Smith <laughs> from Jersey from Jersey and <laughs> I know Indy, Indy Vasquez may be a pen name but my real name's a little browner than that <laughs> for legal reasons that's a joke for legal reasons my name is Rusty Shackleford <laughs> <laughs> why did I just think of from like um BuzzFeed Unsolved when uh when Ryan's like Ricky Goldfinger, whatever it was, or Ricky Goldfinch. And so, like, that's the only name that came to my mind. I am Ricky anyway. Goldfinch. Um, anyway, so the back of the book, it says, Trapped in the Mexican jungle, a group of friends stumble upon a creeping horror unlike anything they could ever imagine. Two young couples on a lazy Mexican vacation, sun-drenched days, wild nights, making friends with fellow tourists, when the brother of one of those friends disappears, they decide to venture into the jungle to look for him. What started out as a fun day trip slowly spirals into a nightmare when they stumble on the side of some ancient ruins and the terrifying presence that lurks there. So right off the bat, I know you said you don't have a lot of hope for it because it seems like it could be a little racial. Uh, but I'm into it. I feel like I hope I like it because I secret like I don't like horror movies and I don't like like horror books, but for some reason I'm like weirdly interested in paranormal and stuff like that. So I'm kind of excited to find out like what what the terrifying presence is. And I hope it's the right amount of spook. I hope it's spooky too. I want it to be like a ghost or something paranormal and not just like the curse some tombs curse you know like like you know like I want it to be smart I want it to be like a malevolent spirit or something like that like I I want it to be some supernatural Sam and Dean shit you know like oh yeah that's what I'm looking for but also it's written by a man named Scott Smith so who knows but I know what you mean of like not wanting it to be like this like the curse it just seems super like cheesy tropish and like not not good. Okay. <laughs> okay. 
I don't know what to do. We haven't ended yet, so I'm just waiting. Sorry, okay. Um, what was the last thing you said? Uh, we just said we're, I'm excited, and you said you're excited, but you said it was a little bit of reservation, so maybe you're not as excited as me, but that's okay. I am excited just because it is horror, and I'm excited to read something that I allegedly am going to like. I hope I like it. Yes. Um, um, yeah, so thank you all for listening. Um, you can catch us next time we post, which I don't know when that will be, but anyway, it'll be about the ruins. Um, also, you can find us on the interwebs on various different platforms. And <laughs> if Indy wants to give a quick shout out to her um, bookstagram, that would be cute. yeah, that would be Gucci. That'd be Gucci. That'd be savage. <laughs> That'd be supreme. <laughs> Um, yeah, my bookstagram is at Dirty Rotten Reader. I update it sometimes. My <laughs> phone is busted, so I can't update it anytime soon, but we'll see. My favorite thing about you is your candor. <laughs> yes, she updates sometimes. That was just so, sometimes. so honest. <laughs> you can find us, though, on our Twitter, and we are at TH underscore book club pod. Somebody had already taken our name, so that's why it's TH. I'm We're still salty. <laughs> I'm always going to be salty about it. Um, it took me 900 years to come up with this Twitter handle, and I don't even like it, so I'm very mad. I don't even Twitter. Um, I don't even know how to Twitter. It's okay. I'm the tweeter. The tweeter in this group. Um, but you also can find us on Instagram, and on Instagram, we are at the Hybrarians Book Club, so pretty simple to find us on there. Um, and also, we update that sometimes. <laughs> So don't get your hopes up. <laughs> and um, you can email us any book suggestions. Um, you can or anything else comments. If you want to tell us you hate us, we're probably just going to delete it, but we'll cry a little bit. Um, no, I won't. I will agree with you. Um, so you can send us um, an email for about whatever, but it can be to uh, at thehibrarians.bookclub at gmail.com. And if you're going to do any book suggestions, like we really welcome them, um, but just to be a little helpful, just um, give us a quick synopsis of the book and why you're recommending it. And also what genre you think that it falls into, because if it doesn't fall into that genre after we read it, we will harshly judge you to all of our many, many followers, including one Mr. Zach Efron. <laughs> He's our number one fan. So... Um. That being said, please, please, please uh, give us book suggestions because we have terrible, we cannot pick a good one. We've never been good at research and we're really lacking in this department. So also, you know, we're just interested in other books. Like there's so many books and I just feel like our, like the internet, even as wide as it is, is still like a limited source for suggestions. Yeah, because like that's only books that because there's like independent authors, there's like people that like make their own books in their yeah. garage or like that, like Amazon direct, direct to print, like where you buy it and then they print it for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. That, that cheap shit. So, yeah, we're super interested. So, yes, please send us suggestions. And even if we don't choose your book right away or ever, just know that we we really appreciate it because we're always looking to add to it, even just our like personal libraries. So. Oh, absolutely. 
I have a never ending influx. I'm always buying new books, too many new books, <laughs> more books than I ever have reason to read or time. I was just telling my coworker yesterday about how sometimes I think about my books in storage and I wonder if they miss me as much as I miss them. And he wasn't impressed. To, <laughs> this is, we never have to know. They'll be there waiting. I love that so much. And then I said, I told him sometimes I lay awake at night and remember that they're not put in the boxes in the correct order. So I know they're all out of order. And I wonder if they miss their, their neighbors. <laughs> They'll probably miss their family absolutely god how could you do that to them i'm coming for you books anyway <laughs> thanks to anyone that listened this far or if anyone listens at all it could just be us screaming into the void and which... zach efron <laughs> and zach efron well always zach efron <laughs> um anyway thank you so much um we will catch you on the next episode catch on the flip side catch on the flippity flop Because, like, I feel like we already know that we could do it all on our own. Well, yeah. I mean, not all, all on our own, obviously. Like, if all else fails, you and I have to get, like, civil married or something. Yeah, I'll be your common-law. Hell yeah. Yeah, civil we need union. tax benefits. Absolutely. I need to be there on your when you're dying on your bedside. Well, yeah, you'll have I need to those the rights. of my will. Plus, one of us is going to get health insurance. Yeah. Don't know one of one. us is going to need health insurance. <laughs> That's true. Also, just men ain't shit. And I and that's saying a lot because I like literally would not marry a single man. Like you couldn't pay me to marry a man. So I mean like you could pay me. You could pay <laughs> me. You want me to pay you to marry a man? No, anyone could pay me. If it was like one of the I don't know. Don't you remember those like those dumb stories where like you my brain what are we talking about they were like like wattpad stories yeah those wattpad stories were like i'm losing the original idea what were we talking about where they like you find a rich man and he like asks you to marry him and then you like you get married to him for money yeah i know yeah paying paying someone because like it because like either a it's it's like the Wattpad stories and he ends up not not being a terrible guy uh-huh. and voila you've got a rich husband or he's awful and it's so much easier to deal with awful when you have money okay but like I'm just talking like in general like take the millionaire man out of it like you couldn't pay me to marry a man that I know like a broke man like I don't want to marry a man like I yeah, just I, yeah I Which just, man? Like even I, I can't name a single man. Yeah, I, you can't point me at a man that I'd be like, yeah, that seems worth it. Like I just think the best thing about like not getting married is that if you want to break up, then you can break up. But if you don't want to break up, you're choosing to be with each other every single day. Like even though knowing you could just easily break up and walk away. Yeah, because like otherwise, it's really like it's a lot to get divorced. It's a lot of paperwork yeah. and like money and stuff. And so much money. It's just like, why, why do that? Why do that when you could just stay single and like, because you get not to have single. a nice party. <laughs> you can just like be together. Like you, you can choose to. I'm not against monogamy. I'm just saying like, I don't want 
to legally tie myself to another human being because human beings are disappointing and I'm disappointing too so like there's that but but you get the cool party but you could throw a party anyway because the party's not even the the legal part the party is just the part you spent you know a million dollars on who doesn't love Adam Sandler I do love Adam Sandler I just never saw it so I haven't seen a lot of movies. I get roasted about it on the daily. So yeah, you do. I remember. I started it. It's been continued. <laughs> well, you could probably take your phone to like IT works and they could probably fix that. Yeah. That's what Orion keeps saying. And I'm just like, oh, I could just get a new phone. <laughs> Yeah, but if you don't have to spend all the money to get a new phone, you just have to pay like a hundred bucks to fix the charging port. Like, shut up. <laughs> but whatever. You spend your money how you want. You're an adult. Yeah, I'll get it fixed. Leave me alone. Why did that that sound <laughs> where it's like my my films are paid? Like, why is that? I like, love that one. Going through my brain. That's literally me every day. It's like my favorite, my favorite thing ever. You don't know what it's like. I do know. When when do you want to have this book done by? Fuck, how long is it? Um, (laughs) She is 369 pages. Jesus. And pretty long. You got a weird edition. No, let me. What do you mean you got a weird edition? It's like tall. I've got the pocket paper paperback version. Oh, I have a normal version, so you have a weird version. <laughs> this one's also way too tall. Can't even see it. Mine is five oh nine. I guess my pages are like wider than yours, but there is, are the chapters not numbered? Oh my God, they're not numbered. Oh God, how are we going to do this? Wait, they have to be. This is got to, I got to be wrong about this. Do not pick up a copy of Scott Smith's The Ruins if you have anything else you need to do in the next eight or so hours. So maybe we could read it really fast. Why well, just Especially already don't no trust chapters. that guy? Who said that? Who the fuck said that? Um, Salon. I think it's a Salon. Magazine. Yeah. Oh, Salon magazine. Yeah, I think so. Well, what a magazine know about books? <laughs> <laughs> and the next one says, "An exercise in unremitting tension." Smith writes in a clear, vivid language with elegant sentences. The Baltimore Sun. Why does Baltimore know about books? <laughs> Reading Scott Smith is like having a rope tied firmly around your middle as you're pulled on protesting tiptoes towards a door marked Doom Entertainment Weekly. It doesn't sound fun. What the fuck? No, so I don't know. And then on the front it says, The Best Horror Novel of the New Century by Stephen King. Stephen King said that. I don't know. I gotta finish Blood of the Dragons and I gotta finish The Strange the Dreamer series. Why do you have to finish all these other books? Or your also, other podcasts? 
no, because well, Jared wants me wanted me to read the Strange the Dreamer, and then this one, this is volume four of the Rainwild Chronicles. Yeah. I started that series like a really long time ago. Oh, so I gotta just, finish it. You're just giving yourself stuff to do. Yeah, always. Well, I finished The Hunger Games, so now I'm watching all the movies. <laughs> and it's taking me like two weeks to watch four movies, so. <laughs> Why? I just like literally can't sit still. They're all like two and a half hours long. And like, oh, Jesus, they are. It's so tiring, like, after, because I get up at two in the morning, so, like, I don't know, I'm just tired. <laughs> so, I never, I can never sit through a whole thing. I have to, like, stop it. I watched the first movie, like, in full, and then after that, also, like, it's been, like, I've seen the movies already, and I literally just read the books, so the information's not new, <laughs> so I'm not <laughs> like, oh, no, what happens next? I'm like, I know what happens next. <laughs> So, I guess Peter that's gets another kidnapped reason. and brainwashed and blah blah blah. What's that? Well, I'm in the fourth movie right now, and they're like, "It's you read the books, right? Or did you just watch the movies?" I just watched the movies. Okay, well, um, I'm at the part when they're like in the capital, like in the fourth one, and like Peter just came like to join the crew, and they have to like keep him from killing Katniss all the time. I'm just at that point right now, so. I don't think I saw the last movie. Oh. Well, you know how they brainwash him into thinking that like she's um like a mutt or whatever. A mutt? Yeah, a mutation. Oh. Like they brainwash him into thinking that. So um he like then they liberate him and then he like they go through this whole like um treatment to like try to get him his memories back and he just like has a hard time so half the time like his brain is trying to get him to kill Katniss and anyway so now he's with the team and they're gonna go kill Snow and it's sad it makes me very sad because he does that whole real or not real thing and that just breaks my heart like he can't remember what's real and what's planted and it's so sad yeah he deserves Bredder than that. Okay. <laughs> we have to stop now. <laughs>